So what's up with you guys? Um, you know, I'm just, you know, doing my thing. I've got, I'm still under the boot of, uh, of the apps and what have you, but you know, uh, oh, actually, mm, no, I'm not going to say their name yet, but I will say that the app that I, um, worked for, uh, they got merged. They got merged into another app, uh, which is interesting. So, uh, uh, you know, again, not going to say who exactly that app is quite yet, uh, because I don't know what the rules are on it, but, uh, maybe someday I can, uh, we could talk, I could talk more in depth about that. You know, is it, is it TikTok? <laughs> I deliver, I'm delivering milkshakes through TikTok. That would be, <laughs> well, that would be very, that would be very appropriate actually. Um, no, uh, it was not TikTok in this case. Um, but you know, God willing one day. God willing, one day. Uh, so, Gabe, uh, what's up with you, man? Tell, tell us about uh, my, I still doing a weekly show, weekly Zoom stand-up comedy show, uh, Funhouse Comedy, uh, nine thirty every Wednesday night. Uh, so it's a great way to stay socially distanced, and um, you know, I'm really trying to push live comedy into our like new Black Mirror reality, and uh, have it work. <laughs> So, you know, everybody needs chuckles in the dystopia. Uh, I also did my first two live shows this week, socially distanced. Uh, one at the Tiny Cupboard in uh, East New York, which Ooh. I feel is now the new comedy mm. cellar in, in that there's shows every night of the week on that rooftop. Wow. And, Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Off the Chauncey mm. J train. The Tiny Cupboard. Chauncey. Yeah. Chauncey. Yeah. Wow. So... So that's coming back, and uh, my first show there, I immediately, um, all of the bad habits that are at every live comedy show existed there on that rooftop, in that, um, you know, uh, the comics would stand, some, not all, would stand in the back and talk loudly. Oh, yeah. No! No! Still happening. Comedy's back, baby. If you if you are nostalgic for having uh, some Punisher small talk your ear off while you're trying to l work over your set, uh, don't worry, that'll never go away. Still there, still there. Yeah. But um, but ultimately, uh, I thought it'd be weird to perform uh, for people spread out uh, wearing masks. But it was it was just like getting on a bike again. Yeah, a uh, fun little side note. Gabe and Samir, who's the other co-host of uh, Funhouse, seem to attract, uh, <laughs> no, jo no joke, some of the most intense fucking Punishers. <laughs> and, and, all, and a Punisher is like a guy, it's usually a guy, just like who's like on the, uh, around a show who will, is just like, I guess abusive, like, but like verbally abusive. You know what I mean? Well, I think there's a spectrum, and a lot of them yeah, are yeah. on the spectrum. But it would definitely be oh, yeah. uh, a people that, um, you know, in Seinfeld, the close talker. Uh, that's a version so of a Punisher. That's for a sure. version. Then there is uh, the uh, hard eye contact. Um, won't stop making very intense hard eye contact with you, uh, and it's unnerving <laughs> because they don't blink. <laughs> Um, they don't. This is this is while they're performing with the no. Audience. These are the, yeah. No, these are you know you, usually after the show, uh, just lost souls that come yeah. to a show yeah. and and they nomads nomads. This is yeah. it's one of these things where everyone's so lonely in comedy. All all of these performers are so alienated. It's just some of the most like psychologically. Uh, isolated people in New York City do stand-up comedy. This is the first time that they've had face-to-face -face contact with anyone in six months after the coronavirus happened. So all of those neuroses are just going to be amplified even more. So in some ways, hashtag we are all Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all Punishers to an extent. Uh, yeah, I have to say I, I admire I admire your your ability to get back into comedy that quickly. It still feels weird for me. I still feel like there's this um, you know, gap. Um, what what's it called? Um, when like a robot looks too much doesn't look enough like a human. Uncanny uh, valley. Yeah, and okay, yeah. There's still like an uncanny valley between performing 
uh, and and what have you uh, for me. Like, I feel like if I went to a comedy show and I heard somebody be like, man, dating's weird, I'd, I'd just be like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Stop! <laughs> yeah. We're not here socially distanced to hear bad premises. <laughs> well, you know, I, I hear, I think I read some article about like uh, how the wealthy are getting the rapid tests so that they can go to parties in the Hamptons. And, you know, you yes. can get a coronavirus result, like, right away, basically, if you have yes. the money. And I think the dating is weird premise for uh, 2020 is is more like, uh, like will Elon Musk stop working on Teslas and uh, ships to space and instead make a viable Iron Man, like, dating bodysuit? You know, I, want, I need a, I need a yeah. bodysuit with an infrared um, uh, thermometer on a uh, on a on a shoulder cannon like the predator would have and that shoulder mm. cannon comes up and when i meet somebody in the park <laughs> off of hinge <laughs> it checks their temperature and if yeah. the temperature yeah. is 98.6 then oh, my yeah. my uh my bio suit mask that i wear my uh my my super uh lithium battery charged n95 mask opens like a predator mouth and then you can start making out with the person. Gabe, Gabe, it's just it's just like the and then, and then just like my penis. That's yeah. how my penis works. Actually, my penis works. Like yeah, yeah. I've got to. I got to. I got to edit in the predator noise. It's really hard to do because it's like in the back. You're. It's like a. It's like a rolling of the R's, yeah. but like creepier Danny, and weirder. If anyone could do the predator sound, it's you. I wish I could. I would just go behind people and be like. <laughs> this is, wh- All the this time. is why I stopped booking you. This is why. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, man. Hey, I mean, Gabe, you didn't even you've never even really stopped doing comedy. You've been doing comedy throughout this this whole thing. I've, I've been uh, li- live tweeting the thoughts in my brain uh, out into Zoom. Yeah, I haven't stopped. And uh, I've kept my, you, I've kept my finger on the pulse of how everything's changed. How has the uh, Zoom comedy experience been for you, and how does it compare to this new socially distant comedy experience? Uh, I think it's much better. I think they're they're two different mediums. You know, it's almost like you're going to uh, right now the family tree. They're 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 still brothers, but they mm. will soon become cousins. I think Zoom has this possibility for performers who like to do um late night monologue packet jokes Uh, you can do that so well on zoom because you can add media you can add a video you can share uh jpegs you can so you get very it's very good within that it is much closer to being sort of a youtube monologuist Mm. but uh another really important thing is that we are all going back into into the houses for the winter like that's just going to happen right unless yes unless uh we fall lean extremely hard into exterminationist like capitalism where it's like whatever <laughs> uh in, unless we're, we become like city of of uh men like just children of men children of men right just like you know where we let everyone die from coronavirus. City, city of Men, I think that's just Denver. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If you're, dude, Woo! if you're a lady dating, Denver's the place. <laughs> that fucking city is, dude, I've been to Denver at least eight times. It is always weird. Everybody's a little bit sunburnt all the time. They're too high up. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird place. Great ca- <laughs> people have great calves from all the uh, walking up and down yeah, yeah. mountains. You know, yeah, shout out Brett Hiker. <laughs> all I really want is just to be loved in the way that a moderately attractive woman is loved in, in the city of Denver. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I was gonna tradition. say, you guys, Zoom is the future. Everyone's gonna be on Zoom again in the winter time, and uh, the it, it, you create a community where there wasn't one before, in in a unique way that you don't really get at a live show. Yeah, it's different. It's it's different, but it has it has um, an intrinsic value. Yes. Um, speaking of intrinsic speaking value, speaking of intrinsic value, McKinsey and Company <laughs> doesn't have yeah. any folks. Hey, all right. Woo! Uh, yeah. So this is uh, a little bit of a, a little side story. 
uh, wasn't it? Didn't make a lot of the big press, but McKinsey, as we all know, uh, is a sponsor of the show Ponzi Scream, and a sh- it's a, uh, a consulting firm that all of our favorite people have worked at. I'm talking, you know, uh, Aparna Nansherla. I'm talking Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> I'm talking uh, who? Uh, who? Who? What are the, what are the comics that worked at McKinsey? Uh, Louis C.K. and they uh, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg and they all uh, what it does is it it provides consulting and is kind of like a privatized extension of the CIA, as some people would allege. <laughs> uh, and but you know what isn't a privatized extension of the CIA these days, folks? Uh, so they that's right. So they basically have a 401k plan for their consultants in the same way that everyone else does. And that's great. They're really taking care of their employees. They are taking care. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. They are taking care of their employees, uh, especially uh, the, I, I assume after you get put into a black van and you never see your family again, your family gets taken care of in this plan. So they have to have a special type of 401k that's managed this is a very, this is a unique setup, right? Usually when you have a 401k plan, it's managed by a big asset management firm, BlackRock, Fidelity, something like that. Yeah. Right? They're, they're the ones who are actually pushing, pull, pushing and pulling the levers on your 401k. McKinsey, because they are so uh, talented, they can do anything. They can be the mayor of a small town. They can do price fixing. And they can also manage their own 401k. They have a 401k uh, manager called MIO Partners, which is actually just a subsidiary of McKinsey itself, okay? And uh, they were managing it. They were collecting, according to the settlement uh, that just happened related to this 401k plan, which, by the way, the settlement uh, for excessive fees and poor performance, prohibited transactions, uh, and breach of fiduciary duty, The settlement was gigantic for these sorts of lawsuits. $39 million, $500,000. Wow. That's like a, for like a, I mean, McKinsey's a huge company, but for like that's $39 million is what Wells Fargo would pay in a settlement where they destroyed millions of lives. Right. So for, (laughs) you know, for them as one company to do that, that's a, that's a substantial amount. Big boy. Big, big numbers. Yeah. Big numbers. They are, Paying just, uh, they're getting, MIO was getting 20 to $36 million per year in investment management fees and connections with these funds. And they didn't, uh, they didn't monitor them. And so, you know, there's failure to monitor. What, 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 what are they, what are they doing with it? They're fucking shitting. They're, they're shitting where they eat. What are you doing? You can't screw somebody over who's that close to you. It's not even in a different company. It's the same thing, but with a different name. What are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's one of the most flagrant conflict of interest 401k stories that I've ever seen, which in some ways uh, is so on brand for McKinsey that they are striving for excellence in this, in this specific regard. They, I, I've ne- it, usually the conflict of interest is a little confusing. You're like, why would an employer choose a bad 401k? Right. There's a little bit of confusing. And sometimes like what happened with mm-hmm. MIT, MIT got a kickback for having their 401k equivalent being managed by fidelity. And well, that was, you know, alleged or whatever before they settled. And, MIT settled for $18 million. But this McKinsey is both the umpire and the pitcher. They're doing yeah. both. And it's so obvious how much they're rigging it. And if they're managing their own employees' 401k and then they're extracting fees from it, they may as well just be giving them less money in their 401k. <laughs> yeah. It's just moving money around unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. In a way, it's it's just, like, just have a shittier 401k in the first place. There's no, there's no reason to do something stupid like that. Um, so is it like, hey, I put my money in a bank. Uh, let's say I put my money in TD Bank, and TD Bank says, oh, by the way, 
you're going to have to pay $100 a year fee to have your money in this bank. Also, when you come into the, uh, the, the branch and you use the ATM that says TD, you're still going to have to pay an ATM fee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how much money did I save putting my money in this bank? Actually, you ended up paying the bank $500 this year to just park <laughs> your money in the bank. Is there any interest rate that I get for having my money in a savings or checkings account here? Uh, it's Yeah, it's a minus 1%. <laughs> yeah gabe it gabe it's like it's like that where it is both you have to pay to have a checking account and there are atm withdrawal fees but it's like they do that but they say in the contract there will not be fees but then every single time you walk into a branch there is literally the ceo just being like talking to another CEO being like, yeah, I can't believe that they believe that we're not going to charge them fees. <laughs> it's that, it's that, it's that blatant. It's like if you work at McDonald's and part of your payment is that you get an hour lunch break. And at this specific franchise of the McDonald's, the manager requires that you cannot, that you can only eat McDonald's food for, for your hour lunch break. You cannot Ugh. bring your own lunch. You cannot go anywhere else. And when you do eat that McDonald's food, your manager gets to take the first bite of, of your burger. <laughs> your, your manager gets to do a prima nocta on your Big Mac. Uh, a prima nosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> prima nosh. Just like a giant, like a, a cartoon teeth bite. Just, um, yeah. Just like right, yeah. just right out of there. Yeah. You get, yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get Dwight's saliva uh, as, as your special sauce. And uh, they did that. And I also think it's funny that like, they brought this lawsuit as workers of McKinsey. And all of these people are just the biggest suckers on earth, right? Like if you work at McKinsey, you uh, maybe were a Rhodes Scholar before you worked there, but most likely you went to an Ivy League school and, but you majored in something like history. Uh, you don't really have any vocation or plans of what to do with your life. Uh, and you just go in and you're just like, I'll do, please, just, please, please, just, I have nothing in my life except for you smiling and saying, good boy. So please let me, de let me destabilize Libya. Yeah. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever needs to be done. Just please tap my head and call me a good boy. Please love me. Yes. And the fact that they could turn that around mm -hmm. and uh, they could have this lawsuit against McKinsey. I think it's a big turn for the labor movement. This is this is a sign that uh, McKinsey is now woke. McKinsey workers now see, have they read one of one of them read the Communist Manifesto when they were mm -hmm. uh, juniors at Georgetown, and that is why we're doing this. They they are now going. I I'm predicting guys wait, wait. they're going to unionize in the next couple of years. <laughs> What about, what about, it says here in 2017, you fixed 401k prices. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's good. That was, right? Yeah, that's right? Good. That's good, right, David? Yeah, yeah <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. Pat, me, pat me on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that at a comedy show. I don't want people to laugh at my jokes. I just want people to tap me on the head. Yes, yes. That's what we all want. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, moving on. What else on that? Anything else on that one, guys? Nah. All right. Uh, next thing, we have ourselves. A, uh, this this happened a couple weeks ago. The uh, attorney general for the state of New York uh, has filed a lawsuit to dissolve the NRA. Uh, it is just a bombshell. Huge, huge story. Ba -da 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 -da. Just walking down that street. Yeah. All just. <laughs> Just curves for days. <laughs> <laughs> the dissolution of the National Rifle Association. Yeah. <laughs> is that your music? Is that your music for like everything cool? Is is the yeah? yeah. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad to the bone, man. I'm bad to the bone. 
<laughs> Dude, you're going to get a job one day editing sound for CBS, and you're going to be so good at it. <laughs> Stephen Colbert is going to love it when I'm just sort of like, the orange man loves this song. He's going to be like, yes, 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 yes. No, I was thinking like you would do like you would do the sound editing for like, uh, for trailers for legal dramas and medical dramas and firefighter dramas and it would always yeah. be the same the same sound uh in the beginning <laughs> uh so this is a pretty a pretty big story um this was it, it, so it came out a couple weeks ago the f- top 4 executives at the NRA two of them are currently there two of them are retired are just using this thing like a slush fund basically they they've been uh using it for what are NRA contributions to what we all know to be the just and right thing which is supporting uh your your right to be racist and th- this is they're using they're not using it for that purpose they were using it for things like visiting the Bahamas by private air charter uh nice with his family nice like this is wayne lapierre using it for that reason sometimes with his family sometimes without his family nice Uh, he's traveling to africa with his wife for all expense paid safaris that's a little bit closer to the nra's mission actually somehow then you cannot you cannot convince me that wayne lapierre is traveling to uh or not traveling to africa to literally hunt people (laughs) (laughs) Like, like that's that's yeah, by the way, uh, Wayne LaPierre, one of the weirdest faces that mm-hmm. you'll ever see. He's got like a trapezoidal fuck uh, like chin. Uh, he he looks uh, he looks very very straight. It lo- also it looks like he's had a lot of work done. Oh, he looks great. Where yeah. like his where his like face is just sort of like it's just like Wayne LaPierre. His like face is like pulled back like this, mm-hmm. just like. And I'll tell you right now, everybody gets a gun except for black people. Ah, Wayne Lapierre. In the, ah. In the, in the biz, that means rested. It, when someone's had plastic surgery, they look rested, Danny. Rested? Yeah. Rested. Uh, so, Warm. I mean, they're just doing some just wild, wild stuff. I mean, one guy, he got hired, was known to be loyal to Wayne Lapierre he, within... This guy Joshua Powell, the chief of staff of Lapierre, he, uh, his salary doubled within a month of being hired, <laughs> and it, re- it was doubled <laughs> retroactively from the beginning of his tenure <sighs> to five. You're just doing such a good job, buddy. <laughs> oh my god, you're just uh, my god. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, well, we gotta double this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, within two years of his time at the job, his salary went from two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. What? This is <laughs> come on. This is a non-for-profit organization. I mean, this is uh, when we talk about the non-profit industrial complex, we're talking about cool boys like Josh Powell, right? And you know, say whatever you want about this uh, about the NRA, but holy goddamn shit! Uh, you almost—I <laughs> mean, you just you want to feel bad for some of these people who you know innocently want to support the right of a of a right-wing militia and instead they're getting <laughs> Wilson Woody Phillips who's setting up a deal worth more than a, a million dollars by lying on his financial disclosure forms with the NRA to benefit his girlfriend he got himself a contract worth 1.8 million dollars for monthly consulting services to the incoming treasurer even though the current treasurer knew nothing about this contract <laughs> And has confirmed, quote, Woody Phillips never consulted for me. Uh, I mean, just the coolest stuff ever. Uh, Man, that's wild. Really, really some good stuff. He got, uh, there's, it, it just keeps going, right? Wayne LaPierre spent millions on unwarranted travel consultants for decades, including for the book of luxury black car services, spending more than $3.6 million in the last nice. two years alone. Um. He received more than 1.2 in expense reimbursements in just a four-year period for expenditures that included gifts for favored friends and vendors, travel expenses for himself and his family, and membership fees at golf clubs, hotels, and other member clubs, such as Little St. James Island, perhaps? 
Uh, <laughs> alleged, 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 not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, alleged. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, uh, it's all, it's all in there. Uh, so what has come up recently is apparently, uh, since this has happened, the NRA's political spending has plunged as lawsuits and the controversies have hit. They, the lawsuit alleged that these four individuals siphoned out $64 million in donations. Okay. Uh, just So it's go- better that they used it on themselves than uh, to further po- the politics of the NRA. That's the that's a that's a hilarious irony. That's so a very is, good. Point. Yeah. So <laughs> this is maybe the best grift we've ever seen. You know, if you are going to uh, if you're going to attract lunatics who have terrible politics to your cause, and they give you a bunch of money, it's better that you use it all uh, for Peter Luger's lunches than actually uh, promoting the policies. Wayne Lapierre, welcome to the resistance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's uh yeah, yeah that, he's an embedded agent provocateur. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the funny part is is like I think I I think I would have been 100% okay with this embezzlement if he was just spending it on guns. <laughs> like <laughs> like if the guy if the president of the NRA is just sort of like, "Oh man, I fucking bought a I fucking bought a cannon with with all this money I stole from y'all." The NRA members would be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it would have been fine. I yeah. want to go into his gun closet, like how you know how some uh, celebrities just have like a shoe closet in their mm-hmm. wardrobe, just like the yeah Lapierre uh, bunker. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't uh, use guns at all. It's like a drug dealer who doesn't do drugs. Sure, <laughs> he's uh, he's like I like to do it the old way, uh, with a bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's super trad. <laughs> I live in the I live in the old world, and then unsheaths a cavalry saber. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that actually no, that guy, that fucking loser. He would be the kind of guy who has like a fucking civil war era cavalry cavalry saber, you know, with like a uh, like an eagle on the hilt, like a really beautiful something something beautiful, or like a trebuchet, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like the nerds in my science class. You're like, when I was you're in like high school. hey man, what do you, what do you keep in that garage? Another car? And he's like, nope, it's a trebuchet. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I'm well, really into uh, four, 14th century siege weaponry. I'm, yeah, well, it, it does have wheels. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, I mean, I am actually disappointed in his lack of creativity. I mean, uh, this is one thing that I always look forward to seeing more of with all of these grifters, but it's always the same shit. It's always just like basic bitch luxury luxury stuff, you know. I mean, the most interesting thing is that he got his wife a trip on an African safari, but that's just some really run of the mill rich people shit. That's not. Mm-hmm. He didn't get a trebuchet. I want cool. Uh, <laughs> just I, I expect more from these grifters, and uh, I should st- I should just manage my expectations, I guess. <laughs> The, the look david you need to like it's better you need a man yeah you need a th- is this about you is this about you are you are you upset that jeff bezos doesn't own a dirigible that constantly isn't floating over new york city and dropping coins yeah all right because yeah. that's on you that's on you all right <laughs> i just want them to have a cool collection of random stuff like uh i i i just want them to oh uh, i don't know yeah, just like buy all the coin stars, uh, you know, in, in the world, and and then just like pilfer out all the coins from 1995 because that was the year that their daughter was born, you know. Yeah, I want to. I want them to yes. do really random shit like that, and they never do. It's just, it's always just like, oh, black car, you know, like overinflated private security force, you know, something. I don't know. Yachts. Did you guys? Who cares? Not to go, not to go on too big of a tangent, but did you ever hear about how Hitler's car ended up in Bellevue, Washington, for a second? No, but I've seen Rat Race, (laughs) and that's the same. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah, no, that was it was actual rich ridiculousness. Where somewhere around 2017, like a, a a weird, ominous looking trailer 
unloaded like a very old Mercedes. It was like just like pitch black onto like. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> is this, this this car is haunted and bad to the bone. Yeah, it was no, it was it, it, it was they, uh, they, it, they saved Hitler's buggy. Yeah, uh, no, but they 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 it got unloaded onto a side street in Bellevue, Washington, which is like maybe twenty ten miles from where I grew up, and a, a jogger saw it and was like, "This looks like a really evil car." Bad took vibes. A picture of, bad vibes. Bad vibes yeah. car. Bad vibes car. You could say that Took it a was picture. bad to the. Uh, and then, uh, then he took a picture of it, and then looked up in a looked looked up on like a you know, in in history, and it was just like, oh, oh, it was Hitler's car. Hitler's car ended up, and then it disappeared very quickly. Like someone was like considering buying it and was just sort of like, nah, I can't be driving around in Hitler's who's, car. Who's the auto mechanic? He's like, oh yeah, I can fix that up. I mean, look, it's German engineering, man. It's very, it doesn't need to be fixed. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Uh, well, anyways, that's uh, that's what's going on with the NRA, and it seems like we have a, a divided house in the Ponzi scream world. Gabe thinks it's cool. Uh, I think it's boring. And Danny is uh, hurt that the NRA people uh, can't exercise their their free speech rights. Is that is that right, dude? Danny, dude, if Wayne La if Wayne Lapierre drove around in Hitler's car, I think it would be very funny. <laughs> yeah, it would be actually kind of great, like uh, if he used money that should be going towards starting like a racist right wing militia and just used it to buy right wing novelty goods. That would be yeah yeah yeah, that, yeah yeah Gabe you make a good point that would probably be better for people that would probably save people's lives oh yeah so next thing uh we have the uh speaking of saving people's lives did you guys watch the DNC last night no 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 I that was one Zoom comedy show I would not be watching <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> I was like uh, I was turned off um by them having John Kasich on stage that was my that's where i drew, drew the line and i was like i have to resist yeah i mean what's simply, next having simply must. nick DiPaolo open for the uh <laughs> with some opening statements cracking some jokes about being triggered oh god it would be funny yeah so they had ava longoria hosting it would be funny if they just like switched it out with aaron berg uh, <laughs> he would do great crowd work for that though man I mean, that, that, come on i would watch that we're here, we're here at the D, we're here at the dnc it's great i mean come on, come on. it would be funny <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs> uh so she ava longoria i was just like is that ava longoria and i just kept thinking like she's because uh, i just wanted her to be like we all we we all know we need a new president some say we might need a new president Desperately, as housewives, we need. I don't, whatever, okay, all right. uh, I don't know. Uh, that's, she was that's, uh, sponsored content. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they. Uh, I don't. I, I figured. Look, they. Uh, they. They talked. Uh, Bernie talked. He talked about. Uh, you know, hey, I don't agree with Biden on Medicare for all, but we do agree on some things, and I thought it would be good just to at least go into what Harris and Biden have for the financial sector because they have a couple things that are in theory would be harmful or over like increasing regulations of the financial sector a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the things that I'm talking about in that Rolling Stone piece are probably uh you know the Biden administration seems from the clues that I've gotten from reading other publications like they would reverse those rules they would, and further, you know, regulation of the SEC. Uh, they support a financial transactions tax to pay for certain things. They uh, want to have more relief for multi-employer plans. That's something that's just uh, a very strange thing. Uh, that, that that's a little esoteric. But they they want to make things, you know, they want to create things like an automatic four hundred one k for people who do not have a four hundred one k. Uh, that was a Pete Buttigieg thing back in the day, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I remembered that. Oh, yeah. It's stuck in my brain forever now. Oh, yeah. Cool. Just like a tapeworm. I wanted Love baby it. bonds to Love come it. back. I was really hoping for that. But Bo- yeah. Booker, Booker didn't fight hard enough for that, which... Um, and so, but, I mean, it's it's just interesting that, you know, some of their policies are seemingly more scrupulous of the financial sector. I wouldn't say they're tough. I would say they're scrupulous, right? Um, there's one thing that, you know, he... Biden signed on to Warren's bankruptcy bill and, you know, which would, you know, protect people who are going into bankruptcy. But uh, it, overall, the financial sector is just overwhelmingly supporting Biden. I mean, just it's kind of amazing how strongly they are leaning towards him. I mean, there's like if you look at open secrets, Biden is getting somewhere between, around 40 million dollars uh, to for these sorts of for from the financial sector, whereas Trump is not. He's getting like under ten, something like that. Uh, just from looking at hedge funds and private equity alone, Joe Biden is getting thirty one million dollars, according to Open Secrets, and Donald Trump is getting three. See, this is the but this is why this is why uh Donald Trump he's like uh if you ever play Settlers of Catan he's like a guy who just gets development cards in that game he's a wild card one day he's like yeah we're going to mine or no we're gonna get oil in the Arctic National Reserve but then the next day he's like eh, maybe I'll maybe I'll pardon Edward Snowden who knows what I'm gonna do right <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> right you know uh so Joe has gotten. $44 million from the securities and investment industry, which is uh, which is different from hedge funds and private equity. That's like the people who manage your 401k. And whereas Donald Trump has gotten $8 million. I mean, this is hmm. the uh, just the level of support. And almost all of this is coming from, is going into outside groups, right? Like it, the industry totals for that last number I gave you, 39. Seven million of it is coming in from outside groups. Okay, so outside groups are like super PACs. So Joe Biden is just getting his super PACs are just flush with financial sector money that is all not being disclosed. I mean, what's funnier the fact that he's getting all these super PACs? So it's like, could you could you imagine being a, a, a like you or me or whatever donating to Joe Biden's campaign? <laughs> like, I think I gave Bernie like three hundred dollars total something like that like a, a non-insignificant amount of money but Ooh. uh yeah i know but could you imagine just being like a regular j- person just like i here here you here you go here's my money it's like no 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 he's getting all the money that mckinsey sued from their employees <laughs> <laughs> it's going right back right back into you don't need to don't 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 there's no need <laughs> i mean i think it's like people know who joe biden is that's his brand right and joe biden yeah. won Oh, what nearly like half a dozen states in the Democratic primary without having a single campaign office in that state. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Massachusetts, man. What a what a fucking shame. Right. Arkansas and like Tennessee and all these southern states. And so I don't really think that there's much need to contribute to his campaign. People know exactly what he is and who he is. And if th- there's nothing that the only thing that they really need to do at this point is just kind of a get out the vote thing and making sure people get their ballots and send in their ballots. And if you support Joe Biden, that would be the only thing that I would really say is a helpful thing. I don't really think that there's any point in phone banking for Joe because it's no one is going to I don't think anyone at this point is going to be convinced one way or the other on Joe Biden. If you need to have your mind changed at this point, where have you been for the last 10 15, 30 years. Yeah. Vote or die. You are probably not an American citizen or uh, you are, have probably been dead and you are uh, part of a voter fraud campaign. Uh, I mean, there, there is no, I, I just don't really think that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that thought. David, vote or die. <laughs> Fucking vote or die, David. It sounds like Joe Biden has more money coming his way from finance. Who's got a bigger war chest right now? You know, I uh, think that's a question that I would have. Maybe we can't answer right now, but it's something to look into. We do have it. Looks like uh, Trump has 
a total of over $400 million. He has more money than Joe Biden, looks like. Joe Biden wow, has... $400 million. Yeah, they're they're actually pretty close. They're they're close to about uh four hundred each, reasonably close to that. So it's just like different alignments in American industry. Behind it kind of candidate. seems like that, right? I mean, one thing that was yeah. talked about Bernie is that he basically was refusing all sorts of industries, and I think it's some might argue that for you to ascend to power, you at least at least need to rely on one pillar of power. In order to he rise. swiped left on too many industries. Yeah, yeah. Bernie's yeah. too picky. He's too picky. You got a who's swipe? Hey, hey, who's swiping out in this crowd right now? Who's swiping? <laughs> I am once again swiping left on the fossil fuel industry. The police on the police unions. No, actually, unfortunately, Bernie did swipe right on the police unions. <laughs> That is a sad, says R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden overall has a lot more money, or not a lot more money. Uh, Trump is getting about $73 million in outside money. Joe Biden is getting $136 million in outside money. Uh, so just significantly more in super PAC money is going to Joe Biden. Uh, but overall, their, their, their totals are similar. It, it's, a, it's, a very strange, it's a very strange campaign. Uh, yeah, I think that Donald Trump is getting a lot of money from real estate. That would be kind of, I think that's the biggest industry that he's getting stuff from. So his your landlord is voting for Trump, folks. Yeah, yeah. And your police yeah. unions all back Trump. NYPD. Oh, yeah. Even though Biden's tough on crime and Kamala's the top cop, uh, Trump still gets the cop vote. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. It's almost as it's almost as if uh, all those vested interests don't give a shit and are just ideologically against the idea of the Democrats. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, let's uh let let, 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 yeah. let let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Speaking uh, yeah, speaking of ideologically opposed to things, TikTok stars. Well, uh, <laughs> we've got we've got a couple minutes for this. Uh, TikTok stars. Hell yeah, let's do this, guys. Um, yeah. Here we go. Well, uh, friends, you know, I love I love grifters. I love people that um, exploit, particularly the young. <laughs> and uh, by that I I'm not I'm not talking about uh, private universities or colleges uh, that are forcing kids to come back to school in person in September, even though we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm talking about the managers of our uh, of our influencer class, you know, yes. uh, an industry that you'd think would be evergreen and would be able to uh, weather the storms of the pandemic. But in the New York Times this week, I ran across a really fun article that uh, that is about a manager, uh, Ari Ariadna Jacob, the founder and executive of uh of a talent management firm called influences and what uh mm. what she was doing was that uh she would find um influencers on tiktok who had gone viral but didn't have any representation yet and she would slide in the dms and be like hey do you want to get paid doing some uh doing some sponsored content and they would sign a non-exclusive agreement no big deal that's not bad and then mm. after uh, after one or two uh, lucrative deals, she would have them sign an exclusive agreement. And then here's the hitch: she would um, she'd pay half of their monthly rent. Uh, in exchange, they would move into a, an influencer house in L.A., which Ugh. sounds great because you get to be around your peers. Uh, and these yeah. these collab houses, a big fan. Big fan of the idea, Ugh. sort of yeah. like a, a creative commune, right? In theory, this sounds um, like only... real world, but like there's just no cameras. It's like you have to. <laughs> oh, there's cameras. Oh, there's cameras. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Well, we'll get to that, David. Uh, this is a horror movie. Uh, starting. This is a great premise to a horror movie that you get like all of these uh, seventeen to twenty-three year olds with green hair uh, in Billie Eilish clothing to show up uh, and live in these like mansions together. And so for this one house, 
Miss Jacobs agreed to pay half of their monthly rent of $18,500 in exchange the tenants would produce content and fulfill a certain number of branded uh, deals um, for the company. So, you know, you, you'd have to make like a, a zany TikTok dance for Sabra Hummus. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's it's dope. Uh for you know, these kids, they don't have any real education yet. They didn't go to college. You know, you're really preying on uh minors and then people that are like eighteen to twenty one and throwing them into these houses. Uh and now, but the deals didn't really surface, even though they said they were gonna get these deals, uh, for a variety of reasons. The pandemic is part of it. Um and uh, and she ended up pocketing um, a lot of the money that they were that they were owed, oh, and yeah. she would charge exorbitant fees in the same way that like you know McKinsey was charging fees uh, for the use of its exclusive four hundred one k. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, there's one example for an influencer um, that uh, Miss Jacobs withheld twenty three thousand. in fees for, (laughs) and she demanded Uh, an unconscionable fee of up to 20% commission. She also would buy websites and squat on the domain names that these influencers would be using. So like making, Oh my God. You know, it'd be, it'd be like somebody uh, signing me to a, an exclusive contract in perpetuity and then buying GabePacheco.com. So that this is the <laughs> this is the weirdest pyramid scheme I've ever heard of. It's like I mean, it's one thing to be selling essential oils and then require the people to buy your essential oils, but like <laughs> these people, it's like you're you're forcing them into a Big Brother house. I just, like the whole point of TikTok is that you literally need nobody. It's like supposed to eliminate gatekeepers, <laughs> and and then somebody immediately rushes in like. No, no, no! I can help you. It, it's right. so predatory. I don't know if you've watched like uh, "I'm Dying Up Here," which was the take on the Comedy Store in the '70s and the Mitzi Shore character. But she, like, I, Miss Jacobs, she talks a little bit about like, you know, how she's he's her, how she sees herself as the hero in this story, you know, and um, she's in the same way that like, you know, Mitzi Shore would not pay her performers. But then she would act insulted when they asked for money. And she'd say, but I'm paying you an exposure. I'm giving just, you a safe space to perform. This just you sounds know? like Broadway Comedy Club. I'm sorry. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I interned at Broadway Comedy Club, interned for a year and a half. And What? Yeah. What, yeah, David? I did, I, did. In to, and, and, I did not know this. And so and before I did that, I um, actually had to do bringer shows for months. Uh, under I don't know yeah uh, and I, I and that was just for the opportunity for me to be able to get the internship okay so I was doing bringer shows all the time for um, I mean I'll, whatever uh, for Sheba Mason and uh, I mean Sheba and I had a pretty good relationship and so she got me the internship and uh, we got along fine and I think that she's a good comic uh, many times especially for that crowd and she got me the internship wherein I had to be a busboy in exchange for the opportunity to perform at Broadway or Greenwich once a week. On right. Either, this is, yeah. And the thing it's, is, is that normal, the normal performers that have not, um, that they see you doing this, they will never respect you. No. Yeah. So no. it undermines your brand right off the bat. Your person, With comedians. Your, yeah. It's like, Absolutely. oh, this guy's a busboy. He's not a, really a performer. That's right. I, yeah, dude. I it, this is just like this is borderline child abuse because <laughs> I, I I'm I'm assuming all these people. Gabe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming most of these influencers like are like twenty one ish. Yeah, something, like something nineteen, there. eighteen, nineteen. Uh, they did have a situation here with a um a mother who uh, her daughter was a seventeen year old influencer, and uh Ariana Ariadne, um Jacobs said uh, she wanted to sign the, the kid, and the mom was like, nah, hard pass on that. But Miss Jacobs continued to use the daughter's name in her uh, marketing um, portfolio, saying that she represented huh. her. So she was using this minor's name uh, without her consent, 
and saying that she was her manager. <laughs> hey, 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 come into the Boston Comedy Club. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, Hannibal Burris. Yeah, so, Tina Fey will I'm be just here. Saying, <laughs> yep. I'm just, I'm just yep. I'm just saying names. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll Tina be here. Fey. Maybe they won't. Tina Fey. Who's to say? Right. Tina. Who's to say? Tina Fey yeah. has and never done stand up in her life. And every single per every time I worked at Broadway Comedy Club, people would be like, "We thought Tina Fey was going to perform." And like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. We are not responsible for the statements of our third party vendors." And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you didn't read the fine print, all lineups are subject to change. Yeah, including exactly. lineups where we lied and told you that Lenny Bruce was going to be on the show. Yeah. You, <laughs> buyer beware. <laughs> Harry Dave, Houdini. Dave, Ch <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's going to be here. D David Bradley Eisenberg. David Chappelle. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's very, that's very interesting to hear that. Uh, I just think it's, uh, I don't know. It just reminds me of when I was like 19 and I answered a Craigslist ad for like a dad band where I like, played bass in a dad band for like hell yeah four four five uh three uh, you know some some experiences like that and i went to this guy's house in like uh, in weird in like suburban portland and then one time his friend came down and then sold him heroin and then uh this is all real by the way like i, I was like 18 years old and like i was doing a like a, a practice session and this guy came down sold this guy heroin and then he did the heroin i wasn't there but I went back down and he was all zonked out. And I was like, man, this would be really bad if it was, um, I don't know, being recorded for the Internet in perpetuity. That would be really bad <laughs> if people <laughs> had to watch me grow up in this way. And that's totally what's happening to these these children. Eventually, yeah. all of our brands, a.k.a. our personalities, were going to be commodified. And that will lead to a grift. Right. Like one of the things that's. Mm -hmm. I think is universal is where there is a commodity, there will be someone trying to grift it. And someone like Ariadna Jacob, you know, Shonda uh Fedigoyum, uh, just uh th this kind of person is just I don't know if she's Jewish or not, but uh if she <laughs> is, it'd be it'd be sad. Uh for us, it's always bad to have um a, a literally like a grifter in the entertainment industry. Um just uh, be Jewish. That sucks. I hate it when the, you know. Um, but like anyway, <laughs> it just sucks. Ah, <laughs> you know, ah, no I'm David. I hate this. <laughs> but uh, but she saw herself, David. She saw herself in her mind. She's still a good person, and that she uh, was helping get these people mentors, uh, helping give them life experience. Um, she goes. None of these creators. Uh, who have left influences were ever harmed, she said in a statement. Instead, some received free rent, a spot in a Super Bowl commercial, trips on <laughs> jets, private estates, Lolita Express, private estates, <laughs> uh, Little St. James Island, and uh, you know, professional publicists, uh, PR is just another word for propaganda. Uh, Joseph Goebbels is the father of this. Public uh, professional <laughs> publicists. Uh, oh, I love this. We're, you know, we're mentored by some of the best in the biz. Okay, yeah, dude. All right. So fucking whatever that means. So she's like, yeah, you guys will meet Gary V. Gary V was like, nah, hard pass. I don't know this lady. Like he said that Straight in his up. own statement. God so, damn. Uh, so none of them have uh, yet to have been sued, and we have not hindered any of their careers in any way whatsoever, she said. Um, but we'll look here, and it says, so there was a house called the Girls in the Valley House. All these houses yeah. have cool names. It's very mm. Game of Thrones for, like, 19-year-old TikTok stars. So the mm. Girls in the Valley <laughs> House, uh, they, she promised um, them brand deals, money, and opportunities. Everyone was promised income. It never happened. Members of the house said that Miss Jacobs asked them to create free branded content. She said, we need to show brands that we deserve to work with them. And we need to prove ourselves in order to, and that would help with industry connections. So yeah, throwing free workout on, on spec, right? I've got to make these, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. make these, uh, Mark, uh, what, 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 what's, uh, give me, give me, a, give me something. Uh, uh, Kleenex. Kleenex. <laughs> we, need, we need to dab for Kleenex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. And then, uh, but so here's the nightmare. You talked about videotaping and whatnot. Um, well, first off, her housemate said that Miss um, Jacobs put a lot of pressure on them. She would show up at all times of the night. Uh, she would come in as late as 1 a.m. 
and then oh, she'd yeah. be texting us at until 3 a.m., show back up at 10 a.m. So Miss Jacobs is never sleeping. She's on meth. She's just like <laughs> making deals, grinding yeah, her teeth, yeah, yeah, yeah. yelling oh, yeah. at these people at, at all hours of the day. She'd bring guests in without telling us. Uh, there was a security camera in the kitchen of the house, which uh, Miss Singer uh, said was installed without our consent, and it was connected to Miss Jacobs' phone. So <laughs> it was connected to her phone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she was just watching these young people, uh, fucking cook, cook little strudels in their toaster. At, uh, yeah, this is a very bespoke real world. <laughs> so what a nightmare to live in this uh, situation. And this would be a perfect horror movie. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I, I want Blumhouse to make the influencer house like th- that's the perfect company to make a movie like this, where influencers get picked off one by one by a psychotic bunny boiler uh, manager. Yeah, especially during Free- the coronavirus. Right. The, the free la- the free labor thing. I swear, because I mean, Gabe, you probably had a little bit of experience with this. David, I know you and I maybe had something like this. Uh, I swear that the 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 free internship thing or like the internship thing of like two thousand nine, two thousand ten ish. I thought that was going to be the end of this kind of like free labor kind of weird stuff, but it just morphed into a really weird version of it where you're. In a house and in the the valley, and your and the lady is bothering you at one in the morning, telling you to to fucking dab uh, for <laughs> co- for Kotex uh, tampons right. and like you know uh, yeah. She put them all in this house. A lot of these kids are are you know from uh, the middle of the country. They were they were they hit it big in Ohio or you know someplace in Louisiana. And now they're in L.A. They don't know anybody. They're in this mansion or big house, rather. And then uh, <laughs> and then their COVID hits. They don't get any mm-hmm. sponsorships. And now their utilities are being cut off one by one by one. Like the Internet goes out. So now they can't do the live streaming. Uh, the water isn't being the water bill's not paid for. So they've got to, like, take uh, pool water and flush the toilet with pool water. Um, so they're what? like living in a, they're, like, living in hovels. <laughs> Uh, she like leaked one of her uh, clients' uh, nudes uh, all around the no. um, uh, to all the business partners to sort of besmirch her name. Um, so yeah, this this is uh, what was really funny about that the statement about that was that they were like she was like technically I didn't leak it to the public. I just told. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I just told various industry people that it existed and that it was uh, uh, really, really bad or good or just, you know, like <laughs> Leak- <laughs> leaking implied that it slowly just dribbled out. I took a fire hose and showered it on the public. <laughs> on the public. <laughs> yeah, I think she just also th- she just sent it to just just the people in the industry, which is a really weird thing to do. Like I only I, I didn't I only leaked it to the most important people you can think of. Right. <laughs> also, the industry is doesn't like probably doesn't like this woman either. Like, why are you sending us nudes of this 20 year old? What are you doing? Right. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, in most management situations, you fire your manager. Your manager is your employee. Right. Yes. You know, and yeah. in this, she is a taskmaster who is uh, emotionally manipulating these people and holding them like financially hostage Mm -hmm. yeah this lady saw the coronavirus and was just like fucking had taken like five adderalls and was just sort of like oh yeah 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 oh this coronavirus yes we can work with this yes 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 yes, yes. you're not allowed to leave the house you stay inside the house you're quarantining (laughs) like make make more videos make more videos yeah this is gonna be great what an opportunity you know that's what she was like the entire time well uh Shout outs to a real one. Ariadna <laughs> Jacobs. Jacob, singular. Yeah. Jacob. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let us hope that she is Italian. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Then uh, what? you know, anyways, guys, uh, we're gonna have to stay uh overnight on Ponzi Scream tonight, guys. Uh we gotta do some extra footage. We want to try and get this out to sponsors as soon as possible. <laughs> uh sure. so if you guys could just all move in together. I think that we're going to need to just kind of like constantly monitor our white collar crime leftist podcast uh, scheme. 
mm-hmm. uh, examinations. Uh, this episode brought by ZipRecruiter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I'll be working with my sponsor, 3M, and getting all the free tape that I want. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, we do need to discuss sponsors, guys. I really, I, I, I really would love to have just um, like a talent agent sponsor, I think would be really great. Maybe we can get uh, Ariadna Jacob to sponsor our podcast. You know what you need? You need, right, in the middle of a pandemic, everyone gets parched. And you're not going to drink regular water because regular water is no. boring. Boring. <laughs> yeah. That's why you need Soda Stream, baby. So <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. We, got, we, we need Soda Stream to sponsor us. We're just choosing pop all, over here. We're yeah. just, <laughs> are, are we just choosing all, like, the... the uh, anti BDS, yeah, that's gonna... the BDS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Gabe, you've got a Rolodex of all the BDS companies this, in your head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cream brought to you by Caterpillar <laughs> Construction Company. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Kushner Kushner Real Estate Investments, making the finest uh, razor wire you can find anywhere in Gaza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's all cool. Uh, yeah, that's all cool. Any. Maybe maybe we can get and- APAC to get a little slush run for us going or something. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Uh, anyways, that's all I got. Any. Uh, that- we'll keep we'll keep you guys abreast of all these of these weird pyramid schemes, and and in uh, until then, you know. Um, who's who's you know, whose car alarm is going off? That's somebody outside. It's the rab. It's the rabble, David. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, my name's David. I'm Gabe. Oh, I'm Danny. Uh, God, Danny. God bless. Bye bye. All right. Ciao. Bye. bye.